Lord God, whose compassion embraces all peoples, whose law is wisdom, freedom, and joy for the poor, fulfill in our midst your promise of favor that we may receive the gospel of salvation with faith and, anointed by the Spirit, freely proclaim it. Grant this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in union with the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Nehemiah. In the following passage, the prophet Nehemiah describes the dedication ceremony for the temple restored after the exile in Babylon. Ezra read for hours from the Torah, and the people were instructed to rejoice in the Lord. There was no church face among them, even though the service service went on for hours. (laughs) The priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could hear with understanding. This was on the first day of the seventh month. He read from it facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. The scribe Ezra stood on a wooden platform that had had been made for the purpose. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. Then they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So the Levites read from the book, from the law of God with interpretation. They gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. And Nehemiah who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then Ezra said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine. wine." And send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There are people who feel alienated from the church for any number of reasons. What would happen if these people came to Mass this weekend? and listen to Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Do you think they would recognize themselves as missing, though important parts of Christ's body, the church? Would you mind telling them that? A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, 
slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Since many have undertaken to set down an orderly account of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed on to us by those who, from the beginning, were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, I, too, decided, after investigating everything carefully from the very first, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the truth concerning the things about which you have been instructed. Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread throughout all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on a Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found a place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, and to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed upon him. Then they be he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Nehemiah says that the joy of the Lord will be our strength. Oh, and that's good to hear, huh? That the joy of the Lord, alive within us, will strengthen us. As weakened as we might be by the divisiveness in our society. As weakened as we are by COVID-19. As weakened as we are by the fact that people don't talk to each other. They, we, we can't enjoy a conversation as weakened as we are or the emails that people send criticizing us with all that that weakens Nehemiah says the joy of the Lord will be your strength imagine taking the time taking the time each day to spend time with the Lord, 
that his word, the Lord's word, the Lord's joy would fill us and give us strength. And that joy, that word, would be the strength to help us overcome all the negative things. Luke takes us to the synagogue in Nazareth. Luke is trying to help us to see and to understand who Jesus is. Taking the scroll from the prophecy of Isaiah, Jesus looks for and finds the passage where Isaiah says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of the Lord helps me to give sight to the blind, good news to the poor, free those who are oppressed. The spirit of the Lord is within me. And he rolls up that scroll. And he says something that had to have those folks from Nazareth sending emails all week. He said that the word of God in Isaiah was fulfilled by him. Who does he think he is? That's Joseph and Mary's boy. He was a carpenter. Where does he get telling us that he's the fulfillment of God's promise? The nerve of him. And some people in that synagogue in Nazareth, they couldn't hear it. They refused to hear it. And they got busy at their laptops and they sent emails to the head rabbi. Don't let that kid read anymore in our synagogue. But there were some who heard what Jesus said. There are some in that synagogue crowd who, who heard the words of Isaiah and they felt something when Jesus read those words. And they came to the conclusion in their minds and their hearts that yes, he fulfilled that promise. That when God promised through Isaiah to pour out his spirit on people, that in fact, sight would be given to the blind. Good news would be proclaimed to people who don't get good news very often. Freedom, lovely freedom, would be given to the captive and the oppressed. There were people in that synagogue, as there are people in our community, who hear those words and say, that's right. That's Jesus. He fulfills the words of the prophet. Oh, hallelujah. 
Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. We hear about the Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me. We're the anointed people. We are anointed in our baptisms. We are anointed with the chrism, the Christ oil. And that Christ oil that is anointed and smoothed on our skin, that Christ oil seeps into our lives and empowers us to live as Jesus lived. How do we give sight to the blind? Do we speak to people who seem crushed by their lives? People who have been put down and criticized just too much. Do we help them to see themselves as beloved of God, no matter what anybody else says or emails or puts on Facebook? The Spirit empowers us to give freedom to those who are captive. Do we recognize the different ways that people are bound up and held back? And do we reach out to them in whatever way we can to set them free, to help them to move, to help them to reach out to others? We say, we say that we are pro-life, and this is going to get the emails flying. You watch this. We say that we're pro-life when actually what we're saying is we're anti-abortion. And that's good. It's okay. It's good to be anti-abortion. But what do we do about it? Are we willing to give of ourselves to women who are pregnant and need help, financial help, help with raising their kids? Don't just say you're pro-life. If you're pro-life, the Spirit says do something about it. Help somebody out who's in that position and in making that choice. And if you're pro-life, what do you think about capital punishment? What do you think about war? What do you think about all of the ways that people's lives are endangered or taken from them. The Spirit moves us to say more than, I'm pro-life. The Spirit, the same Spirit that filled Jesus, calls us to do something about it. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
upon us. He calls us to bring sight to the blind, freedom to those who are bound up, freedom to those who are oppressed. And the Spirit moves us to do something about it. Maybe then, when you and I moved by the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that filled Jesus and empowered him, imagine that, that same Spirit is in us. When we're filled with that Spirit and we act on what the Spirit nudges us to do, Maybe then rejoicing in the Lord will be our strength. Let's give it a shot. Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.